Today, as Megan said, we're going to uh, look at a, a story where the religious leaders of Jesus' day came to him, but with a very dark intent. Let's, let's watch the, the story this morning uh, as we hear this scripture be unfolded for us. The religious leaders heard Jesus teaching in Jerusalem. They decided to send some men to ask Jesus tricky questions to catch him saying something wrong. The men said, Teacher, we know you tell the truth. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Jesus knew what they were doing. Why are you trying to trick me? He asked. Show me the coin you use to pay taxes. The men brought him a denarius. Jesus asked, whose picture is on the coin, whose name is on it. Caesar's, they answered. Jesus said, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and give to God what belongs to God. The men were amazed at what Jesus said, and they went away. Later, the religious leaders came to question Jesus again. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? They asked. Jesus answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second most important command is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then Jesus asked the religious leaders a question. Whose son is the Messiah? David's, they said. How can that be? Jesus asked. David called the Messiah Lord. Why would he do that if the Messiah is his son? The religious leaders didn't know what to say. Their plan had failed, and no one was brave enough to ask him any more questions. When the religious leaders questioned Jesus, he answered with wisdom and power. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. He is the Word of God who came to show us exactly what God is like. Questions, questions, and and more questions. I wonder how many of you, and, and we can have a show of hands here if you would like, how many of you were taught or you learned by hard, hard experience that it is best in polite conversation to avoid two topics? What are they? Politics and religion. Now, why is that? Why are those such hard topics? Well, I think you all know that it's, it's because those subjects are things that people frequently feel, feel very strongly about, and in a, in a discussion, they can actually get very passionate, I mean, dare we might even say aggressive about what they believe. And that happens to be a real problem if you don't agree with them, especially if you don't share their perspective. And so what do we have today in our story? But the religious leaders, those are the, the scribes and the Pharisees. These are the power people. These are the movers and the shakers of Jesus' time who try exactly that tactic 
to discredit Jesus, to try and get him into trouble, maybe even to get him arrested. They ask him two questions. The first one is about politics, and the second one is about religion. Should we pay taxes? And what is the greatest commandment that God has given us? Now, before we step into the world of our story, before we look at their questions, I I need first for you to try and look into the hearts of these religious leaders. And I want you to, to remember something, and that is that in the Bible, the heart, the heart is the functional center of who you are. In other words, from a biblical perspective, it's your heart that controls the way that you think, the way that you feel, and the way that you act. Now, that's a little different than our culture, right? In our time, we tend to think of the brain, the brain as the, as the control center of our life. And well, the, the, the heart is just, uh, I don't know, the place where you experience emotions. So I need you to know, I need you to understand because it's important when you're reading the Bible or when you're listening to sermons and you come across this word heart, that that means the whole package of your humanity, what is in your heart defines who you are. Now St. Luke's Lutheran Church has a mission statement. That is, we have a statement that summarizes the one thing that we are trying to accomplish, and hopefully it will appear on the screen to you next. Awakening what? Hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ. And it is this this biblical understanding of your heart that we are after. In other words, we're not just trying to make people feel happy or feel guilty or feel excited. We're seeking to awaken the functional control center of your life to experience the power of Jesus in the way that you think, the way that you act, the way that you speak, and yes, of course, even in the way that you feel. So, as we step into the world of the story, I don't want anyone here this morning to think that it is wrong to ask Jesus questions, to ask God questions, even even really hard questions, because an awakened heart An awakened heart is not blind, it's not dumb faith. God created us as the pinnacle of everything that he made to be curious, to be curious about him and about the world that he made for us. And people, that curiosity should naturally lead us to try and discover, to try and learn more and more about God and the world And the way we do that is by asking questions. But the challenge, the challenge that we face is the need to be constantly checking our hearts. Where is your heart when you bring your questions to Jesus, when you bring your questions to God? What's the motivation of your heart? I mean, are you, are you seeking to try and, uh, and trap God somehow, or, or do you really truly want to know God more and more? 
Or maybe you just want to work him over there into the corner where you can keep an eye on him. You know he's there just in case you might need him along the way. Do you ask questions that intend to make God prove to you that he can be trusted? You see, it's pretty obviously obvious where the Pharisees' hearts were. What did they want? They wanted to trick Jesus into saying something that could make him look bad, that might throw the crowds into confusion who had been thrilled by his teaching. And so the first thing they do is throw him a political curveball. <laughs> is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Now, there is a whole, whole bunch of political, historical, and religious background that we just don't have time to unpack this morning. So, suffice it to say that they thought they had got Jesus right where they want him, because if Jesus said, yes, pay your taxes, well, the crowds would be less than thrilled with that. I mean, after all, who ever wanted to pay more taxes? And if he says, no, 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 don't pay your taxes, well, look, the first century version of the IRS would have been all over him in a heartbeat. But what happens next? What happens next is like a flash of divine brilliance. Because here's Jesus, think about this with me, true God, He's been hanging out with the Father and with the Holy Spirit since before time began. Do you really think that you can trick him? Because this is the lesson that we need to learn from the answer that he gave. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but this part is the lesson. Give to God the things that are God's. And so we ask, well, what things belong to God? And of course, the answer is everything, including this morning and especially your heart. That you would give, give your heart to God. Someone once said that the human heart has a hole in it that is God-shaped. Now, what might that mean? Well, it simply means that the only thing that can completely fill that hole in your heart is God. So, how, how do you do that? How do you give your heart to God? Well, look, fast forward to the next question, the second question that we saw in our video. What is the greatest commandment? Now, once again, the lawyer in the story, now not a lawyer like we might think of a lawyer today, but rather a man who had studied the law of God in the Old Testament. And this is what Jesus does. He turns and he uses a quote from that law, something that they had all learned in Sunday school or in their version of the generations service back in the first century. They couldn't trick Jesus into talking about politics, but maybe they could trick him into a religious debate, and then they could trip him up on some 
some technicality, and then boom, out of nowhere, this flash of brilliance where Jesus goes straight to the Scripture. He goes straight to the words, and He quotes back to them the very thing that they were experts in. And what did He say? Love the Lord your God with what? With all your heart. Look, this is the answer to the question, how is it that you give your heart to God? Well, you love Him above everything else in your life. You let God fill that hole in your heart. And the only way that you can do that is by coming after Jesus with your questions, but doing so humbly and sincerely because you want to know more about Him. And you want to know more about how to live in this broken mess of a world. One of our members texted me this week, and I want to, I want to read his text to, to you, because he wrote this. Once you realize that we are constantly searching, trying to fill our hearts with other gods, which of course are fleeting. And then, then you find this man named Jesus, like you really find him, you come to love him, you talk to him daily, then your heart becomes full, and even in the mundane task, he wrote, I can now stand and wash the dishes and know that it's a time that I can talk with God, because I don't have to think very hard while I'm washing the dishes. But, you know, at work, it's a little bit trickier than that, but even there, It has been fun to see God working in my heart for others. And then he closed his text like this. I think I told you this before, but I once heard a pastor say, you have to figure it out. Don't just sit in church every Sunday thinking that this is all there is to following Jesus. If Jesus is real, then you have to run towards him with all that you have. And that's what we're trying to do here. Knowing that Jesus cannot be fooled or tricked, we come to Him with our questions, and He will work in us the ability to face the complex realities of life regardless of our circumstances with confidence because He's the Messiah, He's he's the Savior. Jesus lived, Jesus suffered, and Jesus died on a cross, and then He rose again from the dead people so that you can love God with all your heart. And so you run to Him. Run to Jesus, and He will fill you up with curiosity that can never be completely satisfied to know God more and more, and then you know what will happen? Jesus said it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbors as yourself. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he said to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And that truth, that Jesus is the only way to have your heart awakened, will draw all of us closer together. The more that you learn, the more that you know, the more that you fill your heart with Jesus, the more you will discover how to live your life loving the people that He has put in your life. Amen.